What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Stand Up to Sitting podcast. I am your host and chief energy officer, Jeremy Abramson. And ladies and gentlemen, I am fucking pumped. I can't even contain my excitement right now (laughs) for today's show with Noah Olson. Before we get into today's show, I want to shout out our sponsor. I am so grateful to partner with Kai's Energy Bars. Kai's are these all natural, only four to six ingredients in each bar, and they're amazing whether it's post-workout or you just need a midday pick-me-up. These bars have kept me going the last few months, and the reason that I love this company so much is because I connected with their founder, Jeff, and Jeff is so committed to making an impact in the community that every box of bars they sell, he donates some to kids in Haiti. He's literally making a generational change for the youth overseas. And that is really why I felt this duty and alignment to partner with Kai. So I'm so grateful for them. And they have been generous enough to give this community 15% off their orders. So go to kaisconcepts.com and then put coach Jeremy 305 at checkout so you can get some of these guys. I'm not joking. I don't take or put anything in my body that has any artificial flavors, ingredients. So get on these now, save 15% off coach Jeremy 305 at checkout. Peace. And Noah is a six-time CrossFit Games competitor and is currently the second fittest man on earth. He's on a mission to inspire the world with fitness, positivity, and gratitude. Woo! I don't know if you guys add this in, but I feel like that intro deserves a yes, like very bro. much uh, high energy gets you going i like that i'm excited to be here yeah and dude i'm gonna i'm gonna start hyping you up before each meet too I'm let's gonna, go let's get my it hype bro. man i need that my man welcome uh, thank you i'm so pumped we're doing this i'm excited um, as well yeah man like we we connected with our boy julian so shout out to jewel Jewel Studios for making this connection happen. And yeah, dude, I, I'm so excited for this because you're doing such powerful things in the world right now, whether you realize it or not. And even when you were walking in here, like some dude's like, yo, man, I'm a big fan, Noah. <laughs> so this impact you're creating, um, I'm just curious to know, like on a day-to-day basis, how aware of that are you? On a day-to-day basis, it's not always in the front of my mind. I think sometimes it takes the experiences like a competition or being at the games or Wadapalooza or something where there's a ton of that attention and you can feel the eyes on you to realize, wow, I, I have people watching, so I need to do and, and act and be a certain way that I, I want to portray something that's going to inspire people in the world. Um, and sometimes when it's not all that going on and you're at home and you're on the couch and I come home from the gym and I'm just kind of by myself, you can almost forget that, Hey, I do have this platform and I'm on this mission and it's not just me. And I think you can probably relate to like this go, 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 always trying to be productive and not wanting to waste time. Mm. So 
sometimes on my like my rest days when I, I should just be chilling, I am thinking about that impact that I can have and what else can I do and what other platforms can I be moving through to impact more people. Um, so yeah, I guess on a day-to-day -day basis, I am always thinking about that and trying to be more and do more. Hell yeah, bro. That's dope. And this idea of being a professional athlete, like I think a lot of people have the perception that you're a professional athlete if you play basketball, football, baseball, like these major sports in the US, but you're a fucking CrossFit <laughs> professional athlete with like Nike sponsorships. Talk about that and just that grind and, and how it is to be one. Yeah, it's cool. That kind of progressed for the sport in a, a way that paralleled my being able to accept it as well. So in 2014, the first year that I made it to the games, CrossFit was kind of probably at its peak of visibility. Like a lot of people were more familiar with what it was and seeing the games on TV. And that allowed athletes to have the opportunities to be sponsored and to kind of make a living doing that full time. At the same time, I had just graduated from the University of Miami with a, a master's degree in kinesiology. And it kind of, there were the, the two paths, paths and plans in my head where, all right, I graduated, now I need to go find a job. But then kind of rather than that happening, I was falling into this career of being able to compete at a high level and, mm. and having these sponsorship opportunities. So it took a little while to accept, hey, I am actually now becoming a professional athlete and I do have these people that want to support me on this journey and I maybe don't have to go look for a job right now. I can commit to doing this full time. I love this. People want to support me doing this so I can be better and do better. So let me just dive into that full steam ahead. And that's what I did. That's fucking wild. What was the reaction of your parents and your loved ones, your friends, your family when you said like, yo, I'm going all in on this? Yeah. My parents and family and friends have always been super supportive. Mm. So when I first started doing CrossFit and competing, I remember my parents being enthused and coming to watch me. And it's funny because they both actually, mommy and dad do CrossFit now. My dad actually owns a CrossFit gym down here in Wynwood, CrossFit Wynwood. But when they first came to my competitions and saw what I was doing and I encouraged them, hey, I want you guys to try this too. I think it would be awesome for you to do CrossFit and make you healthy and happy and be able to connect with more people. They were super intimidated because they saw only the, the competitive side of CrossFit. And I think a lot of people maybe experience the same thing. We see the CrossFit games on TV with us lifting 300 plus pounds over our head and doing handstand walks. And somebody at home is like, man, I can't do any of that. I can't do CrossFit. Right. But CrossFit more than just the games is uh, an exercise program that is universally scalable. So anybody can walk into a CrossFit gym and do the same workout that I'd be doing just at some sort of scaled down variation. So my parents eventually got into it. Um, my fiance, Joanne has been doing, she actually ironically did CrossFit a summer before she met me stopped. And then when we got back together, she got back into it. So everybody in, in my world kind of is familiar with it. Um, and that helped make it an easier transition into like full-time CrossFit athlete. That's dope. Yeah. And one of the things, again, I'm, I'm going to admit this, like I've actually, I've been, I've been in a CrossFit gym twice and like tried, tried workouts. I never like dove in and mm -hmm. pursued it. Um, one of the things that I think CrossFit did for the entire fitness and wellness space was bring in this community aspect, like you said. Yeah. 
And I think that's something that so many people today are lacking is that human connection, Yeah. right? Loneliness has never been higher. Anxiety, depression, these things have never been so prominent as they are right now. So talk about what that dynamic adds to the table, like that community, that connection for people yeah. maybe who are feeling like they need that in their life. Yeah. That's definitely one of my favorite things about CrossFit. And I don't want to have people listening, thinking that I'm like an advocate paid by CrossFit to get you into a gym. All good. If you want to try it, go for it. I think right. you would love it. If not, that's cool too. But I think being able to connect with people on a day-to-day -day basis does a lot of things. The thing that I think it did the most for me, in addition to it being fun, now I think that's more important for me. But at the beginning, when I first started doing it, it was the competition that mm. you could have with other people. So I grew up playing sports. High school was the, I guess in college, I was still playing club water polo, but I was kind of missing that everyday competitiveness. Mm. And when I did my first CrossFit workout, you are doing the same workout as other people. And it's not necessarily a competition, but if you guys are kind of getting through three rounds of something as fast as possible and you see the guy next to you a couple of reps ahead, for me innately, I wanted to push a little faster so I could beat that guy. And so I think that element of working out with other people was what drove me even deeper into the sport and wanting mm -hmm. to compete. Um, I think for most people though, the community is beneficial for accountability and like having fun and knowing what to do, right? If you have trouble getting yourself motivated to go to the gym. Sometimes it's because you're on your own. You don't know what program to follow. It can get boring. You maybe are looking around, thinking about what other people are thinking of you. And when you step into a CrossFit gym, especially one like my gym that I've been at for the past 10 years, they're actually celebrating their 10 year anniversary this weekend, Peak 360. Let's go. Yeah. It's just such a, a welcoming environment. We're like a very family oriented gym. And so you walk in and everybody's smiling. Three or four people are going to walk up and say hi to you. And so you walk in and immediately get this little energy positivity boost. And, uh, and as you work out, people are supporting you and cheering you on. And there's none of that. Like, am I being judged? What should I do? Because the workout's provided for you and you're doing the same thing as other people. So I think it solves a lot of problems that mm. people run into when they're trying to get into fitness. Mm. So by the way, Peak 360, did you, is that just where you train? Because your dad owns a CrossFit gym. Yep. Is there a reason that you don't train there? What's the um, reason? Yeah, well, so it just kind of played out that way where the gym that I first started doing CrossFit at was Peak 360. It's in South Miami. It's around the corner from my house, like a 10-minute walk now from where we live. And I just, the guy that owns Peak 360, Guido Trinidad, is now one of my absolute best friends and mentors and so many different roles to me. And so I just, my heart is with Peak. And yeah. my dad opened this gym only a few years ago. I was already seven years into my journey. And, uh, and I definitely do drop in and go to his gym all the time. But it's that 30-minute drive instead of the 10-minute walk. Right. So for the most part, my training happens at Peak. But when I can, I'll get down and hang out at CrossFit Winwood as well. Hell yeah. And I think it's so, I think it's so dope too, that you have your master's in kinesiology, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Strength and conditioning. That, I mean, I feel like that must be an advantage you have, right? To a certain extent. I think yeah. it also offered its difficulties at first because I was still in school when I was competing. And a lot of the information that you get in school kind of is, uh, 
at odds with what CrossFit is doing, right? So CrossFit, you're doing cardiovascular, you're running and rowing and biking at the same time that you're weightlifting and doing gymnastics. Mm. And in school you learn, hey, you, you really wanna focus on one of these and you can't really lean out and lose fat the same time that you're building muscle. Like it just doesn't work that way scientifically. And I was doing it and I'm like, no, but it, it's happening. Like I am putting on tons of muscle and leaning out and I'm getting stronger at the same time that I'm getting faster. Like it kind of defies the odds, I guess. And, uh, and a lot of the professors at that time, like when CrossFit was at its kind of peak of popularity, I, people were trashing it all the time. You know, CrossFit's dangerous. It's not good for you. It's CrossFitters are annoying because they love CrossFit so much. It's a cult, blah, blah, blah. So at school, I would get a lot of that. Right. And then I think eventually like, people started to respect it a little bit more, respect what I was doing. And yeah, I it, it was beneficial because I had a, a certain knowledge of the human body, but um, it's funny. I almost feel like what I learned in CrossFit, a lot of the movement stuff, like how to properly lift weights was what we were learning in school. And I was, I felt like I was three years ahead of the curve because we had mm. strength and conditioning classes where they're teaching us how to do a power clean. And I was like, Hey, I, I could teach this. I do teach this. I, I teach this at my CrossFit gym the same exact way that you guys teach it. So it, it was an interesting dynamic. Yeah. You're rewriting the textbook, by the way. <laughs> I guess. I, I wonder if the research will change or if it has and studies have been done on it. I'm curious at this point. I think it's always evolving. Yeah, for like, sure. I would hope so. Like science is never final. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's dope to just see you pushing past the limits and really showing other people what's possible. Like yeah. increase your capacity. You're capable of more. Absolutely. Um, and I'm curious to know, because that's something I think a lot of people think is like CrossFit's dangerous. And I think one of the things that I noticed, oops, <laughs> is, is that, uh, is that a lot of people were getting certified as CrossFit coaches mm -hmm. and maybe they weren't as qualified as they should have been to like lead these big groups of yeah. people. And I'm curious to know with your coach, Max, you guys have been working together a while now. What is it about him that stands out as a coach? Like what is, he, what are the attributes that make him special? Yeah. My coach, Max El Haj runs training think tank, which is up in Alpharetta, Georgia. And he's just such a unique person in general. I love him. We've got a great relationship and I'm so glad that we've been paired together. Um, what was it at first that stood out? I, I don't know. Just interacting with him, you would know right away. You're like, Hmm, there's something different about this guy in a really good way. He's like very quiet and calm and stoic, but has a great sense of humor. You can tell that he's really, really wise, almost beyond his years. Cause he's only, I think at this point he's 31 or 32. But when I first met him, he, you, he has so much wisdom and he uh, carries himself in a way that would make you think he's like a 40 year old guy. But he, I was like, oh, you're only three years older than me, huh? That's, that's weird. I didn't expect that. Um, but yeah, he's just got a ton of knowledge. He's always hungry for it. Like he, when we first started working together, I had a couple of things going on. And in like a weekend, he's like, hey, I just read these two books and pulled this from it that I think could benefit you. And I was like, oh, well, okay, this guy's the real deal. So, um, his knowledge for programming, his hunger for kind of always continuing to learn and just his desire to help lead somebody to greatness. Like I, I knew that we were on the same page of wanting to be the best in the sport and get ourselves to the peak. He really wants to coach somebody to stand on top of the CrossFit Games podium. And I feel like for him and his career, that's gonna be like the biggest check off the list thing. And it's the exact same thing for me. I've accomplished a ton of stuff 
competing in CrossFit, but still there's this one little box left at the top for me to check off and that's winning the games. And so we're kind of on that mission together. That's so dope to have someone who's in such alignment with you. Yeah. And like they want it as bad or maybe even worse than you do. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it feels that way. He'll push me in. I'm like, yo, chill. I need a break here. I don't want to do that hard stuff. And he's like, no, you have to, because we're on this mission. So yeah, accountability is a good thing for sure. Hell yeah, bro. And how has that impacted the way that you interact with maybe some people who are younger coming up, who are training at your gym? How has that impacted the way that you communicate to them? Yeah, I think that's, that's a really cool thing to think about because more so than Max, my coach, Guido, the guy that I referenced earlier, when I first started doing CrossFit, he was the guy that I looked up to the most. And he taught me a lot of the things that I learned at the beginning. He was also a CrossFit Games athlete himself. And so I think being able to now process how much I looked up to him and learned from him. And we kind of eventually, like it was the, the passing of the guard, I guess you could say he was like the man and I was the student. And then we kind of switched, not that he's not the man anymore. He's, he's still very much the man. But when I started beating him in workouts and he was kind of cheering for me rather than vice versa. And, uh, now that I have the opportunity to do that. And there are a couple of kids that I've trained with where I've paralleled that and been like, whoa, this, I feel like I'm Guido and this guy's Noah. And like, I have the opportunity to maybe help mold this guy into an athlete like myself that can be at the top of the game. And you see a lot of potential and you just want to bring it out of them. So yeah, it's, it's been awesome to be in a position now where I can do that. I can kind of be the teacher. Yeah. To pay it forward a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. And you're still young Return as fuck. I favorite. mean, you're still getting started but just to have that opportunity that for you to recognize that and be like, yo, I have the opportunity to kind of give back and share some wisdom. Mm -hmm. Like I was received in the past. Um, I'm curious to know, because I, I listened to a previous show you had done and you mentioned that when you're first getting started with CrossFit, it was a lot about aesthetics. It was about like, yo, yeah. I'm trying to look jacked. For sure. You know what I mean? And I, I can relate to that because when I started lifting and just working out in general, it was all about that. Yep. Like I didn't really, un it still is partially right. We still want to look jacked, but for the most part, yeah, it's yeah, transitioned. Yeah. Like for me, the priorities now are like, I want to move well. Mm -hmm. Like I want to be able to function and do everything that life asks of me at a high level. Yeah. Whether that's playing a sport, whether that's traveling, whether that's like playing with my kids in the future, whatever it may be, but I want to be able to do those things at a high level and just building more body awareness. Mm -hmm. Um, so talk about how like that transformation has gone in terms of just really caring about aesthetics and then like prioritizing other things later on. Yeah. I, the, uh, I like rhyming and alliteration. So I always think of aesthetics to athletics is kind of that transition mm. that I made. And, um, when I first started, I was working out mostly to be lean and ripped and muscular and the way that I, I had heard about CrossFit and the way that I kind of got involved in peak 360 Guido, once again, I, I saw a poster of a guy on the beach running and he was shredded. And I was like, what the heck do I have to do to look like that guy? And the answer was right above the picture of him. It said CrossFit. And I was like, all right, if it worked <laughs> for him, maybe it can work for me. And uh, I went and tried it and learned a ton of different things. And it took a little while. I, I even remember at first doing like, I want to say it was like front squats or overhead squats. 
and my core being really sore the next day and still thinking of it in a way that was beneficial for abs. Instead of being like, man, I, I, I moved better. I was like, whoa, that's cool that I can hold this weight over my head and it engages my core so much that like it's gonna make my abs bigger. Um, and then eventually it was like, all right, I don't really care about that. I wanna lift more weight and do it in a better way. And um, yeah, it was an interesting transition, but it just happened naturally. And now the aesthetics and looking good are a byproduct of working really hard toward being better at fitness. Mm. We got Max here, man. Big Max. We got we got Noah's dog in the building in the <laughs> studio. Super pumped for this. This is a first first time we've ever had a pet. Hi. Oh. Okay. He's getting really excited. <laughs> He's hitting a downward dog right now. He was. Yo, by the way, I saw some of your videos like doing mobility. And I was actually, I was like pretty, I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, I dude, this guy, that. like your deep squat is money. Yeah. And I saw you hitting some pistols and I was like, okay, Noah, Noah's not just a big, strong dude. This dude yeah. can move. Yeah. I mean, luckily CrossFit kind of requires that you have a, a pretty decent range of motion in a bunch of different ways. Um, and I naturally came in being flexible, almost too flexible at times. You need to be able to get below parallel in your squat, but if you're bottoming all the way out and you don't have a certain amount of tension, it can be really hard to like stand up a lift. So it was almost the opposite for me where like some big football guys would come in super strong, but they were stiff and they couldn't get under weights or get their elbows through. Mine was the opposite. I was so mobile that I could get under a ton of weight, but I couldn't stand it up because I didn't have the stiffness or the strength. So yeah. I, I stay mobile. I do Ramwad a few times a week, which is kind of like guided stretches. Yeah. Um, but it's not something that I've had to really put too much work into building. Yeah, bro. I mean, like, and I think that's a huge requirement too, is just like working on those hips, especially shoulder stability, right? And like having, being able to stack here yeah. and like engage your lats, like you were saying. Um, I'm wondering, cause today's your recovery day. Correct. And, and I think that's something that a lot of people don't understand the importance of. Just, you don't have to be a, a professional athlete, but like the importance of sleep and recovery yeah. and breath work and all of these things. Like just talk maybe one thing or two things that the everyday person can implement in their day-to-day -day that's gonna make a huge impact. Yeah, there are so many ways that you can expand like what you're doing and, and work on recovery that it can almost have the opposite effect, right? It can be stressful to be like, wow, I have to do this and I have to do my breath work and I have to do an ice bath and like it can be overwhelming. So I, I do try to narrow it down and only pick a few things that make sense for the situation. So like today, um, trying to recover because tomorrow is the final workout of the CrossFit Games Open, which is like the qualifying process for us to earn a spot at the games for next year, 2020. And uh, luckily right now I'm in a qualifying spot. I'm in fifth in the world and you basically have to finish in the top 30. So as long as tomorrow's workout goes relatively well, I'm locked in for 2020, which is great. But today recovery wise, I'm still feeling the impact of a workout that we did last Friday, which sounds crazy, but it was hefty. And so my legs are pretty sore. Um, I will likely today do a little bit of sauna just to kind of sweat out some toxins, loosen up. I'll stretch in the sauna. I have a, a pair of Norma Tech boots that I'll put on. The Mark Pro will kind of like flush. But uh, yeah, that's it. Usually for me, it's just like 
getting warm, sweating some stuff out, stretching, staying limber, flowing with some movement sometimes. So either doing swimming, we were talking about earlier, yeah. CrossFit's very weight bearing. Like you often have a lot of weights kind of pulling you down. And so to get in the pool and be weightless, which is the opposite of that is really nice and helps me recover and feel good. Yeah, I'm trying to imagine you swimming right now. And it's a, it's a funny image. Why is that? It's just like, I feel like, I feel like it's probably challenging for like a big stack dude to swim. No. I mean, you do have your water polo though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was lucky that I had that swimming background because swimming has become a almost guaranteed component in CrossFit competitions. Yeah. We'll probably have one event where we're getting in the water, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think CrossFitters don't necessarily fit the mold of like meatheads that get jacked and can't move. Like, even though we maybe do have a, a little bit more muscle than your average person, we can still, like you said, get into those positions where we've got a good streamline and can flow through the water and with a weight over our head or yeah, I don't know. It's, it's maybe not as uh, stiff and blocky as you would think. I have a question and, uh, you don't have to answer this, but so in my, in my high school and a lot of high schools I know, like the water polo dudes were like the biggest stoners also. Like they were just, and I don't know huh. how they did it, bro. Like they would, they would like get blasted and then like swim for three hours. Interesting. Which, which seems like very fucking hard to do. Yeah. Was that similar? No, I, I don't have that experience. Maybe that was a California thing. Yeah. Um, I've never been into that type of stuff anyway. So maybe it was going on and I wasn't aware of it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I could see how water polo guys could be like, chill bros that are just getting in that zone but now nah, that wasn't us or it wasn't me at least okay yeah just just want to clear that up yeah yeah all good and i want to know positive self-talk and we were talking a little bit about this earlier but the subconscious mind has no filter so really being able to put all of that positive information in your mind before you're going out there to compete or after you've had a challenging day maybe the day previous um what are some mantras that you like to tell yourself on a consistent basis? Yeah, I've probably had like three that stand out to me more than others. And I'm not an everyday use a mantra type of guy, but they'll come up in situations when I need them or um, just kind of as reminders to other people as well. But the, the first one that really impacted me was the phrase, nothing replaces hard work. And that was taped in the gym when I first started and was weightlifting and thinking about competing. And I was like, man, I really need to get stronger. I can't do a lot of the things that are required of me if I want to compete. Like in CrossFit, there are usually RX prescribed weights for certain workouts. Mm. And some of the RX weights were heavier than I could handle. It was like 15, I'm making this up, but 15 front squats at 185 pounds. And at the time I weighed 150 pounds. So to do like one front squat above my body weight was really tough. Um, and I learned that the only way I was going to be able to do that was to really work hard to like lift the heavy weights, grind through it, do it often. And that was going to build my strength up. So nothing replaces hard work was a big one for me. And then happy but hungry was kind of the next one that came into play. And that's probably my favorite one. And the one that's like really part of my brand. Yeah. And that's just a reminder in a general sense to always enjoy what you're doing, love what you're doing, but never be satisfied. Always continue to strive to do better and do more. Um, and that came about when I was talking to my coach, Max, 
CrossFit is kind of a gritty sport, right? You have to be willing to hurt and dig deep. And a lot of people, I think, use anger for that and like really grind it out. And, and at first I would do that. I would kind of get myself really worked up and angry. And when I took the floor in those states of mind, if something went wrong, it would almost snowball and I would panic and like it was overwhelming. And eventually I started, I took the floor. I, I remember vividly one event at regionals in like, what was it? 2013. As I took the floor, I, I locked eyes with my fiance, Joanne, and some of our other friends and family in the stands. And I smiled and I was like, whoa, this feels different. Let me just try really soaking this in and enjoying this and smiling while I'm competing. And then the things that went wrong almost felt easier. Like I got a no rep and I was like, all right, no big deal. I'm just going to do the next one and, and keep moving. And it didn't spiral out of control. And so that kind of turned into the way that I would live and train and perform. And I was always happy go lucky. And Max noticed that he said, most of my guys are really angry and gritty when they compete and dig in, but you're not. And I said, yeah, I, for the most part, I'm a happy-go-lucky guy, but I don't want you to mistake that for me being content. Just because I'm smiling and having fun and I love what I'm doing doesn't mean that I'm complacent. I'm still going to work my butt off to try to beat these guys, but I'm going to enjoy it in the process. So that's that. how Happy But Hungry came to life. I love that. Yeah. It's like a blissful dissatisfaction. It's like you're content, but you want more. Yeah, totally. Like, keep for on sure. going. For sure. I I listened to another podcast. Jay Shetty is probably my favorite yeah. podcast to listen oh, to nice. after uh, the stand up to sitting podcast. But um, he had Humble the Poet on there and they were talking about the peakless mountain. Like we're always trying to get to the peak of the mountain and then you get there and you realize that there's another, like th there's never a peak. Like you're never going to get somewhere and be like, ah, I made it. It's over. I can just sit back. I did it. And so I, I think that's the same concept. Like, be happy, love it as you're, you're journeying there, but always be like wanting to, to work and do a little bit more. Yeah, because right now you're chasing that tip top of the mountain, the fittest man on earth. And once you get there, everyone's coming for you and they already are coming for you, but it's going to be on another level. Right. And it's just like, I'm a huge Golden State Warriors fan. And, you know, when they're the worst team in basketball, no one gives a mm -hmm. shit about them. But all of a sudden six straight trips to the finals, right. everyone is giving them their best game. Like everyone's sure. prepping more, everyone's studying their film more. So I imagine it's something similar. Um, I want to know more about the relationship with you and Joanne. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. My favorite thing. Six years. And when did you guys get engaged? We got engaged on May 4th. Not, not huge Star Wars fans. That was just coincidence. But in May out in Florence, Italy. Wow. Yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. We went out there for a trip and I didn't really have a plan on exactly how I wanted to propose, but I knew I wanted to do it there. It just felt like it would be a special place to get engaged. So I just was carrying the ring around with us everywhere we went. <laughs> and uh, one night during like the middle of the trip, we checked into a new hotel and we both went out onto the balcony and it was the most stunning view. We were like a block away from the Duomo, which is this beautiful church in the middle of Florence. The sun was setting, the sky was like pink and you could see for miles. And I just saw Joanne standing there looking at it all. And it hit me. I was like, oh my God, this is the moment. And so I ran inside and I got the ring and I set up my camera and told her I was going to take a, uh, a selfie and I recorded the whole thing. And it, yeah, it was really special. Dude, I got the goose. Goosers. With that story. Nice. That's fucking dope. What did I, I heard somebody call that something really funny the other day. I cannot remember what it was. What, Goosebumps? Yeah, they had a really funny name for it. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm curious to know though, as someone, you're 29, right? I am 28. 20. Sorry. I almost just went with it. 28. When do you turn 29? May. Okay. Yeah. So I, we actually got engaged the day after my birthday. Okay. Dope. Just coincidentally. Dope. So I just turned 29. So we're similar age. I'm wondering advice for me. I'm being selfish right now, but what are a couple qualities and traits about Joanne that really stand out from other women? Yeah. Um, so many. I have come to love her position of, of, like you just said, being selfless rather than selfish. And I don't think you're being selfish by asking for advice. You're putting me in a position to be able to help you. So you're being selfless. But yes. I think Joanne is very selfless and she's often thinking about ways that she can help other people and just be there for other people. She's uh, a really like old soul. So she's very comforting to talk to. And I've always felt that way. She's beautiful. She's an amazing dancer. Those are all like more of her physical qualities, but I just really feel at home with her and like get excited every time that I see her, even if it's like, she's just walking into the living room and we were just hanging out five minutes ago. I, Max is the same way when he sees us, like we'll get home and he's pumped every single time. Like we'll pull up to the house and I'll say to Joanne, Hey babe, guess what? She's like, what? I'm like we get to go see Max and he's going to be so excited right now as we're pulling up. And, uh, every time we open the door and he's wagging his tail running around and, and I kind of, I want to emulate that. I was like, I, every time I see Joanne, I want to be that enthusiastic about seeing her because wow. I love her and I'm that excited as well. So yeah, I don't know. Um, I kind of strayed away from the question about what makes her special, but no, you answered. Yeah, cool. We, we've got a good thing going. It's been seven years and it's just the beginning. So I'm happy she's supported me all the way through. That's another part of our relationship that I love and is the give and take. And I think that comes with any good relationship, like mm. being willing to sacrifice for each other. I hope that I've been able to give that back to her over the years. She's traveled with me to compete. She's been willing to move to two different States with me for CrossFit. Basically I hopefully did the same when we moved back to Miami so she could go to PT school at UM and hopefully many other instances, but yeah, just like being willing to support each other and be there for each other, no matter what's going on in our lives. Where do you think you would be in your career without Joanne these last six years? <clears throat> I don't know. Um, in a similar way that there's a give and take, I think there probably would have been opportunities that I would have taken and traveled and done some other stuff if I hadn't had her at home waiting. Um, but like being, having that sense of comfort and a place to go and be home with is more worth it to me than being able to travel the world. And, and hopefully we'll be able to do that together. We already have had instances where we've been able to travel a bunch and experience new places together. But, um, she's been really instrumental in my competitive career at the times where like mid competition or just prior to competition, I think I would experience what, and, and still sometimes do is like competition or performance anxiety. So even if I was at the top of my game and I peaked really well and was feeling healthy the night before a competition, I would start to doubt myself and be like, oh man, I don't know mm -hmm. if I'm going to be able to do what I've been able to do in the past and be like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore because of this feeling that I'm experiencing. And she doesn't have a degree in psychology at all, but somehow she was always able to walk me through that process. Mm -hmm. And 
make me feel a little bit more comforted and, and at home and able to breathe easier. So in those moments where I've felt overwhelmed, she's been able to help me kind of just work through it and it always ends up being worth it at the end. Dude, that's beautiful. Bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I would definitely say, I mean, I think it's normal to get anxious mm-hmm. like before any type of performance, whether it's recording a podcast, speaking in front of people, CrossFit games, whatever it is. Yeah. I think that's a sign that you're excited. For sure. You know what I mean? And then it's like, okay, how can I manage this anxiety, this feeling inside to my benefit? Right. So whether it's like breathing or whether it's finding that song, I, I know Joanne got you singing along yeah. to a song on the yeah, way to yeah. day two of Wadapalooza. Music is, has been a thing like that. Sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, music is a way to uh, almost not necessarily distract yourself, but I think comfort yourself. Mm-hmm. And I've had certain songs or albums that randomly just have been like my anchors for the weekend. And yeah, it's, it's interesting now that you point that out. I can think back to multiple times where I've like, used music as a tool. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, what are a couple of those in recent memory that were like anchors or theme songs for a, for a meet, for a weekend? Yeah. Um, yeah, the most recent was at the, the CrossFit Games just past uh, 2019. And <laughs> it sounds so funny. I'm not a big country guy. Joanne likes country. And we went to, um, what was it called? Tortuga, which is like a yes. country music festival on the beach. And I heard Marin Morris for the first time. It was a okay. female country singer. It's kind of like pop country, um, but I don't know. I really liked the music, and it the, hearing her sing reminded me a lot of Joanne because she introduced me to her, and it doesn't sound like it would fit in with CrossFit at all because it's, it's very, like, melodic, and it's very focused. Like, her album title was Girl, so it's, it's not very masculine and tough, but I found myself, like, each night at the games in the shower, like, putting that on and listening to that and singing along to that and kind of using that as my, uh, my happy place because it reminded me of Joanne and home and made me feel good. Um, mm. What else? I know that there was one event we had back in... 2017 at regionals and it was a long event which not really typical for crossfit it was like a 3k row 300 double unders and a three mile run on a treadmill indoor and so there was just like so much time to think right you're running for three miles on a treadmill you guys know how crazy your mind can get and so i tried to pick a few songs that i was like i'm just gonna like sing that over and over and have that distract me from whatever thoughts are going on and like whatever I may be feeling in my body. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's wild. Can you listen to music by the way, like during competition or no? Uh, usually they will have music playing at the venue and the past few competitions where it's been a longer event that that would make sense for, I think they've disallowed it. Mm. Um, like using headphones and I don't even know if it would work anyway. Cause you'd have to have your phone probably on you somewhere in close proximity, but yeah, that's not usually something in competition that you're able to tap into. One of the things that I think is really helpful that you mentioned for everyone listening and watching is that even Noah Olson, the second fittest man <laughs> on the face of the earth experiences performance anxiety in these moments of self doubt. So I think it's really important if you're listening right now, like everyone experiences these things. It's just about how you attack them, how you handle them and how you grow through them. And I know you shared some of those experience on with the Wadapalooza video and other 
other um, videos that you've posted. Is that something that you're being intentional about? Is like showing more of the process and the journey on different channels? Yeah, being more vulnerable. Um, that is something that I've been more intentional about sharing lately. And I feel like a lot of people are, are starting to do that. Like it's more accepted and okay and, and um, rewarded. And what's the other word I was looking for there? But encouraged to, to be vulnerable and open up. And I think in the past it was maybe a sign of weakness and people didn't resonate with it. But now hearing more and more people talk about their journeys and open up about what they've been going through when everything else is the highlight reel. I heard you and Nicole Mejia talking about that. And she said she tries to be a lot more vulnerable with her story and, and people are able to relate to that, right? Because everybody has issues, but we see the people that are awesome at certain things. And you think, man, it's so easy for them. They're so good. They don't experience this. And then you hear them talk about something that they experience and it makes you feel like, oh, all right, I'm okay. Like mm. I'm experiencing that, but the best in the world are also, right. and, and a funny tie into that. I don't know if this is uh, appropriate for me to share, but Matt Frazier, the guy who's won the CrossFit games the last four years in a row, he just edged me out this year, but he is darn good. Like I got to give it up to the guy. Um, he's super good at what he does. And I have thought in the past, like, man, he's so good. He must walk into these competitions, not even nervous. And like, it's a breeze because he's so talented and he was beating us by such wide margins. And then come to find out like competing side by side with him, we'd be in the warm up area and he's so nervous that he goes over to a trash can before each workout and throws up because wow. he's so anxious about performing well because he is the best and he has to maintain that. And so mm. that for me was that same situation. I'm like, man, this guy's the best. He's kicking all our butts. We're trying to keep up with him. I think he's got it easy because he's so good, but he's like almost more nervous than I am. So it made me feel like, all right, we're in the wow. same boat. Yeah. That's a cool story. What is one obstacle, one piece of adversity that really stands out to you? It doesn't have to be in CrossFit, maybe just another aspect of life that you've overcome that's been a really big challenge for you. Hmm. Um, keep moving this table around. I apologize for that. All good, Very bro. mobile guy. I just wanted to move and groove all the time. Let's go. Yeah, flowing. But uh, the the thing that comes to my mind first is a situation that I just went through. And I talked a little bit about it, but not a whole lot. And I don't know if they like me sharing about it, but my parents just divorced this past mm. year. And that was really difficult for all of us. It was kind of a three year in the making thing that was uncomfortable and reached its peak of discomfort last year. And they finally split, but it was not an easy ending. Um, and we kind of all got involved and that was just really, really tough for me to deal with, especially when I felt like I was trying to live my life and I was in this really great place, performing well, just bought my first house, getting engaged. Like everything was so, so good in my life so positive. And then I had this going on and it's such an important aspect to me and element of my life is my family. And that was at its absolute worst, right? It was, that was the bottom of the mountain, the, uh, what's that called? Like the, the Canyon. And, and I felt like I was at this peak, but almost like that guilt, like you were talking about of things are going so well for me and so poorly for my parents. Should I climb my way down the mountain and meet them there and mm. pull them out of it? And, it was tough. Um, and I had times where I would 
try to push it off and like stay happy, like help them deal with a conversation of my mom crying hysterically and then hang, like be at the gym mid training and my mom calls. I know it's going to be a difficult conversation. Pick up the phone, go to the back room, talk her through it, hang up, try to take a deep breath and go back out in the gym and like smile at people and train. And at first I could kind of fake it. And then eventually there were times where I was like, I'm just not feeling it anymore. And like, I don't want to train or I'll grind through training and people would ask how I was doing. And usually it's like, amazing. How are you? But sometimes I would just say, honestly, pretty terrible, like just not having a good day. And, and it made me realize that it's not that easy to always be happy. I thought it was easy because I I had it easy and I was like, man, everything's so good. Why are people sad? And then I started to realize, uh, there's stuff that happens that makes people sad. And it's not just like, I think to a certain extent you can kind of make the choice to be happy, but sometimes it's not that simple. Right. Yeah. Is that something that you sensed at all growing up, like any disease between your parents or did it happen later on? Yeah, no, it was, uh, we had a, an awesome family life. I was always like really proud that my parents were still married because a lot of other families seem to split up, which is so sad. Like it sucks that that statistic is on the, the high end of divorce. I, I, pray and hope and believe that I'll not be a part of that and that Joanne and I will last forever. Um, but my, that was my, my family growing up. My parents were together for 30 years and Mm. super happy. And I have memories of family vacations that were great. And I think just stuff happened in the past, like five years that started to tear them apart. And for whatever reason, they weren't able to fix it. Yeah. I think, um, I think it's definitely a challenging situation. It's kind of an interesting point in your life for that to happen, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah, definitely. I feel like when divorces happen, usually it's when the kid is younger. Right. And it's probably better off, I mean, for you, that you had both your parents, that stability growing up, that strong foundation. I would encourage two things. I think maybe, I know it's hard to look at it like this, but maybe it's like, it's they're more at peace with this decision. Oh, a thousand percent. Right. At this point now I've come to terms. Like I would much rather them be happy apart than miserable together. And Mm -hmm. it took a little while for me to come to terms with that. And it was like fighting that feeling of like, no, just stay together. You guys can make it work. And then like, all right, this is not like, this is worse for you guys. So let's just go, go, go your separate ways, be individually happy. And that's going to make me happy. And I think it's going to, I think it's going to raise your level of compassion and empathy, right? For other people who might be in that same situation or who have experienced that in the past. Right. So I think it's, it's going to like, obviously I always, I'm always trying to say like, this is happening for me. It's not happening to me. (laughs) Yeah. I saw that on the shirt. It's it's easier, easier said than done. Right. But like, I think ultimately it's going to all manifest in a powerful way. Yeah for you and for your parents. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing how that evolves. Cool. Thank you. Me too. Yeah, bro. And I'm just curious to know, because you strike me as someone who has a lot of self-awareness, like you're very comfortable in your own skin. Finally. (laughs) Yeah. Talk, talk about that. Talk about like that journey of kind of letting go of judgment Mm -hmm. and really being confident and comfortable. Yeah, I love that I've finally gotten there and I feel good. And I'm sure there's definitely more room to grow because I still have moments where I'm like in a room where there are the big powerful people and I'm thinking like, oh man, I want to be cool and I want to be viewed as, and that was what I dealt with a ton like before that was always wanting to be 
accepted and, and seen and never really being like the biggest or the strongest or the best and kind of like blending in, but feeling like, Hey, I want to stand out and do something. Um, and so I, I was very self-conscious. I would say like middle school, high school, I finally found my groove and had some really good friends and in high school and then college kind of started over and didn't have so many friends and didn't have like a sport that I was really good at. And so I was kind of in this place where I was alone and starting over. And I think I got really lucky in finding CrossFit and being able to excel at that. That helped me be more comfortable in who I am and what I've accomplished now. But at the beginning of that process, when I was first starting to compete at a high level and, and be good, I had trouble with believing in myself because I was never like the superstar, but I wanted to be. And so there was like this dichotomy between who I wanted to be and who I, I thought I was. And I created like this fake, like I have to be the man and act like the man if I want to be the man. And it rubbed people the wrong way. Like when I first came on the scene in 2014, I don't, I don't know exactly what I was doing, but I was definitely kind of seen as cocky and arrogant and, um, I don't know, just like a schmuck maybe, but <laughs> people didn't love me and I didn't love that. And I finally started to realize like, all right, I'm, I'm trying way too hard. I need to stop trying. I need to just do my thing, be nice to people. And that's finally where I'm at. Like I can just be happy, be nice, be comfortable in my own skin. Like I love what I'm doing. So if I can share that with other people, then I don't know, that's it. That's, that makes me happy and it's making other people happy too. I love it. Bro. Yeah. Sorry. That was a very long winded way of saying that I wasn't comfortable in my own skin. And once I realized it was okay to, to do whatever and be me. And I feel like our culture is transitioning in that way too. Like people are dressing in a more funky way and it's more okay. And I, I, I don't know, I'm not experiencing it. So maybe I'm offending people by saying, I don't think there's as much, um, opposition to that. But it seems like as a culture, we're starting to become more accepting of things that are very different. And I mm. love that. I think I, I think it's just being your authentic self. I think based on the story you told of you kind of saying like, hey, this is my first time at the games, but it won't be my last. Right. right? <laughs> I don't think that's an arrogant comment. I think that's a, com a comment like, you know, I'm here. I'm here to put in the work and I'm only going to be improving. I'm only going to be getting better. Yeah. And of course, people might be threatened by that. They might take it the wrong way. Right. And what I've learned is you're not going to please everybody. Like my energy might rub someone the wrong way. Right. They might be not ready for it, but I understand that. I'm not judging them for, for judging me. Right. Like they're just in a place where we're on different paths yeah. and that's totally okay. For sure. Like I'm not going to change who I am to make that one person happy. And I think that's like a big moment when you get there and you let go of some of that judgment. That's a big moment because then- there's unlimited possibilities. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Being open-minded has been a huge transition for me too. Like, because I felt like before I wanted to be a certain way and fit in, I was pretty closed minded and now being able to open up and like try new things and experience new groups of people and really just love everybody for who they are has, has been cool. Um, Max is burrowing, trying to find a little spot to lay down down there. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, like this past year, I experienced church for the first time and I, I didn't grow up in a church at all. My family just wasn't very religious. And 
we, Joanne was and wanted to go to an Easter service and we went and I was like, all right, I'll, I'll try it out. And I really enjoyed it. And I liked the message and I maybe didn't relate to everything they were talking about, but there were certain things where I left and I was like, that was cool. That's like a moral lesson I can take into my week about being nice to everybody, no matter what the situation and whatever. So I, I wanted to go back and keep experiencing that. And just tried to keep an open mind the whole time. There was a lot of stuff that I was uncomfortable with at first, like people worshiping and shout, like shouting music up to God. And I was like, man, I don't know what they're talking about right now. And I don't feel that, but I'm not going to judge them. Like it, it, in the past, I think that I would have been like, man, this is really weird. I'm super uncomfortable. But I tried to just like look around and smile and be like, well, they're loving this. Maybe I'll get there. I don't know. I'll, I'll see. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just trying to be that way with everything, just being open-minded, I think mm. is a new thing for me and I like it. Oh yeah. Was it by any chance Vu? Did you go to Vu Church? I have, yeah. Vu is actually the church that, so the first experience that I had was up in Alpharetta, Georgia at okay. Passion City Church. Okay. Love that place, love those people. And when we moved back to Miami, I did end up going to Vu because I felt like it was gonna be the closest thing to what we experienced up there. And, and it was, and it is. Um, and we've become pretty good friends with a lot of people involved in the church. And Rich is a great guy. I've connected with him a handful of times. I would consider him a good friend of mine now. So yeah. yeah, it's been a cool journey still on it for sure. And I've admittedly like fallen on and off. I've had times where I'm like, ah, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's something that I want to continue pursuing. And then my friend will come down and visit and he's like, Hey, I want to go to VU this weekend. Will you come with me? And I was like, yeah, of course let's go. And, and almost got like back into it and, it's an up and down and I'm still learning a lot. So I don't know. We'll see oh, where yeah. it takes me. That's a good place to be though. Yeah. It's funny too, because those same people that you might've been casting judgment on in the church is, are, are people, if they like saw you in your space, they'd be like this dude, like, who is he? Like, <laughs> like lifting all these weights, like doing all that culty shit at the CrossFit gym. Yeah. So it's funny how like, we're all a mirror of each other. Right. You know? So it's like, if you have a train of thought you know, most likely other people are having that same thought and it's just um, identifying like, okay, like this is where I'm coming from. It's probably showing up in other areas of life, mm. like that discomfort. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to know what, what would you say outside of CrossFit, outside of being a fucking savage, <laughs> what is your biggest superpower? I would love to say it's my hope that now it's it's spreading joy and just like being a light. And that was one thing that I actually heard the first time that I ever heard Rich Wilkerson Jr. speak about was like having so much light inside you that it's it's leaking out and kind of lighting up a room. And I was like, man, I feel like sometimes I have that. I don't always have, I'm not always full of light, but there's sometimes when I do want to let it out and share it and it's appropriate to do so. And so- that's one thing that I've been trying to do a lot lately is just like, if I'm feeling good, I want other people to be feeling good and having fun and smiling. And it's interesting the way reinforcement works. Cause when I was first kind of uh, living that out a little bit more, I would have people encourage me in that like, hey, you're such a happy guy. Like you're so nice to everybody. And I was like, oh, I am? okay, cool. I, I like hearing that. Let me do that more. So I hear that more. And so I, I'd be nicer and I'd go and talk to more people in the gym and then more people would recognize it and be like, no, it's just a nice guy. And I'm like, oh, that makes me feel good. Let me keep being nice. And it's just like this like snowball effect in a good way. And so the more that I'm nice and happy and friendly, the more that, how do yeah, it just kind of continues. It's good. Yeah, bro. 
it has that snowball effect, yeah. especially if it's coming from you, like the leader of the pack, right? Like the face of the community in that sense, you're leading by example, you know? I hope so. Yeah, bro. And I, I don't know, like, I think a lot of people, especially guys like you, guys like myself, if we can continue spreading that positivity, positivity, that joy, mm -hmm. I think it's going to really transcend our community and transcend the world. Yeah, I hope so, man. And it's interesting because I think it's a newer thing to be able to do that in our sport and in sport in general. I think like being a macho man, it's not really super cool to be like nice and friendly and smiley to people. You kind of have to be like the tough guy and that persona that I thought I had to be at first. And then eventually I realized, like, no, you don't have to. Like, I can still perform at a really high level and be really nice to people at the same time. Hell yeah. Yeah. Talk about that, how, and just outside here again, like someone was like, yo, Noah, I'm a huge fan. Like, how often does that type of stuff happen? Obviously, I know like in the CrossFit space, it happens all the time, left and right. Um, and what type of responsibility that comes with? It does happen a, a little bit more often in like everyday life now. Um, it's not, there's no number to it. It's not like every day I'm being recognized by someone new, but it's a, a cool feeling. And even at like the CrossFit events where it's happening all the time, uh, I'll, I try to take the time and interact with everybody and take pictures and smile. And to me, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Apparently to some people it is a really big deal and they really appreciate it. And there are other competitors that just don't vibe with that. They don't enjoy it. And they'll kind of like walk right past and kind of ignore people. And I have had people say like, why do you do that? Why do you take the time in the middle of a competition to do that? And I realized that it does a couple of things for me. Number one, it's like filling me up. You know, it makes me excited that people are excited to see me. And I'm like, whoa, this is so cool. We're in this together. And like, I have a fan. That's nuts. I never thought that I would have that. And then it also just kind of allows me to recognize that that's not going to last forever. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's a temporary thing. I'm not always going to be in the spotlight. Eventually I'll, I'll not be competing and people may not recognize me and I'll walk into a room and I won't draw that attention and people won't want to see me. And I, I might be back in that position where I was 10 years ago. I was like, Hey, I, I want to be like, I don't want to just blend in. I want to stand out. And so now that I am standing out a little bit, I want to really soak it in and appreciate it for what it is. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, dude. I think that's a great perspective because I tell some athletes that are, they're playing college sports now and I'm telling them, I'm like, guys, your stock is never going to be higher. Mm. Like use that leverage, like connect with other students. Those are going to be like the future CEOs, the future yeah. entrepreneurs who are running the world, like connect with them and don't put yourself on a pedestal. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah, I yeah. think, I think that's what, what I was telling you. Like, I think that's what sets you apart in this space is that ability to connect with people in an authentic way. And that's why I think, you know, the podcast, all of these things are just going to be great ways for you to connect on a deeper level yeah. and for people to see like the Noah outside of competition. And yeah, bro, I just, I just think it's a really exciting time for you. And I love that you have that perspective that like, yo, this is temporary. Mm -hmm. And I really want to enjoy every moment, yeah. every experience. Yeah, yeah. Being aware and engaged. And I had an experience you just made me think of at the games this year. It was has to be the most memorable experience of my CrossFit Games career where I had my first event win. So usually... Um, 
you can do really well in CrossFit by being kind of good, not necessarily great at everything. So if at the games, there are 15 events and you take fifth place on all of them out of whether it's 40 or 150 people taking fifth doesn't sound amazing, right? Cause you're not winning, but that adds up to an average of like, you're crushing it. And so I have always been pretty good and consistent, but I've never had like that standout event win. And I had it this year and it was epic. And there was a stadium full of thousands of people. And it was a narrow race between myself and Matt Frazier, the guy that I was mentioning earlier, who's amazing. And I just edged him out and people went nuts. And I just, in that moment, I was like, I want to soak this in as much as possible because I don't know if I'm ever going to experience anything like this again. So I really want to be able to like remember all the details of it. And I was very conscious of like, soak it in, breathe it in, like lock it in here for a long, long time. Fuck yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Dude, that's <laughs> so epic. So I'm, I'm, dude, I'm, I'm like, I'm now I'm so, I'm excited to like follow your journey more I and like watch that. you compete and watch you train like that. Is gonna be dope. I'm, awesome. I'm pumped for that. Um, I want to ask you a rapid fire round. Okay. Hit All me. right. So Always you have ready. this smiley face emoji on your shirt. I want to know what is your favorite emoji. The one that I use the most often is the the little kiss with the heart. I don't know. I feel like for Joanne, it's obviously a lovey dovey thing. For everybody else, it's almost kind of like a a fresh little like. It's like a high five to me in emoji form somehow. It's playful. Yeah, it's playful for sure. I love it, dude. Yeah. Um, what is your biggest pet peeve? Hmm. Would you define a pet peeve as like something that you don't like in other people? Yeah, something that just frustrates you. you. Yeah, triggers you maybe. Um, I don't know. What is it? There's probably something that gets me. I think just people not being nice maybe to fit in with the theme that we were talking about. And, and I don't want to seem overly like everything's good and positive and spread joy. I think all that stuff is good, but sometimes it can be like, yo, that's too much. Yeah. Um, but I, I just think in general, like there's no reason to be mean to other people, to be a bully, to, to like bring somebody down. I know sometimes we get wrapped up in our own worlds where we're like, ah, and we just want to let out that aggression. And when you do it on another person, I just don't think that's cool and fair. And that doesn't make me feel good. Mm. Yeah. Will you ever call someone out if you know them and you see them being a dick? Will you be like, yo, bro, like be nicer? Uh, likely, yeah. Now that I'm, I'm more confident in myself, hopefully it's in a way that is not aggressive myself, you know? Right. Um, but maybe just like being protective of somebody else. We, we have a young kid that's in the gym training with us now and we love him. He's the best. He's literally like the nicest kid I've ever met. He'll text me after a training session and be like, I had so much fun today. That was so great. I learned this. Can't wait for tomorrow. Thanks. Have a good night. Like, and he's 16. Like what? Nobody's that nice. And unfortunately, maybe because he was so nice, he was bullied in school and that just like makes me so mad because he's so nice and I love him. I'm like, love him. And I'm like, man, how could somebody be mean enough to be mean to that kid? And mm. I don't want him to lose his innocence and niceness because somebody was not nice to him. Do you see yourself getting involved in terms of like speaking to schools or speaking on stages? Is that something that you think is in your future? I'd like to. I, I don't think of myself innately as a, an amazing uh, public speaker. 
but then I'll, I'll get in situations like this in a podcast where I, I think ahead of time, like, oh, I wonder if I'm going to know the right things to say. And we get flowing and I'm like, all right, I think I did pretty good. So I haven't necessarily been in a position where I've had to do public speaking and free flow like that. So I'd be nervous for it, but I'd like to do it. And if, if I did well, I think that would reinforce my ability to do it. And, and yeah, I'm definitely interested in trying to do that, using my platform to spread good in a bunch of different ways. So we'll Hell see. Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot. Let's go. <clears throat> right here because, so I just started this thing called Boys Club. Okay. It's a middle school up in Dania Beach. It's mostly um, inner city kids. It's sixth to eighth grade, which obviously is a challenging time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and man, it's, dude, it's so much fun. I, there's like 150 of them. And I just, we just jive. We just jam. We talk. We cool. talk about real shit. Yeah. So I'd love to bring you, you in one day. Do you say the S word in front of them though? Six, Dude, like years. we keep it real, bro. Like <laughs> I know they hear that stuff on a day-to-day yeah, basis. Yeah. For me, it all comes from an authentic place. Like when I'm speaking and I'm passionate, like I'm going to say fuck. I'm yeah. going to say shit. I'm going <laughs> to say cock. I'm going to say balls. I'm going to say fuck shit, cock balls. You know, that's funny because I was watching some of your content and I was like, man, I- I'm not a big cursor myself. I just don't like it. And sometimes it can rub me the wrong way. And so I was getting like, I was feeling torn. I was like, man, he seems like a really good guy. He's high energy. He's positive, but he's cursing a lot. And I don't vibe with that. I wonder if it's going to like clash. And it doesn't really because I know you like you're coming from a good place and everything so that yeah it's it's interesting it's just expressing yourself yeah man it's i i just think again if it it was if it was like force some it's just like going back to speaking i think when you just connect with like your heart and you're speaking about something you're passionate about Mm -hmm. like everything flows yeah you're just expressing yourself and like preparation is obviously important but it's that ability to just like communicate and connect with people which i think you do so well that's why I think like speaking for you is going to be in your future. We'll see. I appreciate that. You might not see it, but I do. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I like it. It's cool. This could be the spark of something pretty great. Hell yeah, bro. Come back and thank you for it. Hell yeah, homie. What is a book or movie that has had a lasting impact on you? Hmm. I love both. I love reading so much and I love good movies that like entertain me. Um <sighs> book or a movie that's out of this is rapid fire no yeah oh sorry i'm taking too long to think about it uh shoe dog by phil knight i thought was a really cool impactful story of how he went from like a kid in his garage toying with an idea and turned it into like the biggest global business nike and uh i don't know it's pretty inspiring and and relatable because you got to see how somebody went from nothing to something and i feel like we all probably are nothing at some point, And a lot of people have been able to build themselves up to something. So yeah, that's it. Sorry. That was not very rapid fire, but Hell yeah. Shout out. I mean, that's, that's dope for you too, because I know you work with Nike. Yeah. I haven't had the opportunity to meet him yet, but I've heard if I go to campus that that's possible. So that'd be pretty cool. You, you need to make that trip to Portland, bro. Let's go. I'm ready. I went to school, university of Oregon and he would like, I mean, he's dude, he's in like, I think his mid to late eighties. Yeah. Now. He's he looks definitely good. much older. Yeah, bro. But um, yeah, make it out there, bro. You'll love the HQ. It's insane. Campus, yeah. Yeah, the em- the employee store is unreal. Okay, I want to know. Um, hmm. Okay, question. <laughs> there are. It's your last supper. All right, your last supper. Pretend like you accomplished everything you want. Okay. Okay. You want you won the games multiple times. You achieved everything you wanted. This is your last supper though. And you get to choose three people to enjoy that Oof. last meal with. It can't be 
Joanne. It can't be your family. Okay. Um, dead or alive. Three people. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my immediate go-tos were like Joanne, mom, dad, coach Max, Guido. Um, None of them. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I love you guys. I'll miss you at the supper. But if I had to enjoy with three other people, um, man, I, I feel like it's hard because I don't do a lot of pop culture or um, history research. So I like don't necessarily know a whole lot about people that I don't personally know. Well, who are three people maybe that you've gained inspiration from? Yeah. Um, I already mentioned him earlier. Jay Shetty was the first person that came to mind. I just, I like his vibe and I like what he's doing. It'd probably be cool to have a conversation with him. Maybe I will actually get to someday because he is yeah. still alive and kicking. Um, who else? The the guy that started CrossFit, his name is Greg Glassman, really interesting character. I've had a couple conversations with him. Um, he like is, a, he's very polarizing. Like people seem to either love him or hate him because he does some pretty extreme stuff. So it could be cool to include him in the mix. And, is he based in Santa Cruz? Uh, yes, I believe so. Mm. I think he is out there near HQ. Um, and then the final, who's somebody that's like, done something in a really, really positive way to impact a lot of people. Like that kind of stood up for what they believed in. Um, I don't know, just somebody that's helped a ton of people and changed the world. MLK. Yeah. Somebody like that, I think would be really cool. Yeah. I would want to hear how they were able to be brave enough to do that mm. and appreciate that for, or appreciate them for it. Hell yeah, brother. I want to acknowledge you. Noah Olson. Dude, I'm so I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Max is protecting for Max. our domain. Yes, for the Max, come here. Hey, it's okay. Come here. Come here. We're not gonna edit any of this out, by the way. Perfect. Max is just usually he barks when somebody knocks. He's a door. protector, Max. We're all good. Though. Somebody knocked. Come here. We're all come good, here. Max. Come here. I wanna show everybody, Maxie. Yeah, I get it. Oh, come here, come here, come here. Oh, there he is. Yes. Max. Let's go. Woof woof. <laughs> Yes. My best buddy in the world. Take him everywhere. My dude, I want to acknowledge you for that. for the impact that you're making and your commitment, your consistency, I think speaks volumes and it's inspiring for someone like me who has those days where I'm like, yo, like, like I don't feel like getting out of bed. Like, should I keep going? Like, what's this all for? Mm -hmm. But it's like people like you watching watching what your journey watching your path inspires me and i know you're doing that to millions of other people around the world that's so cool, thank you and and we're doing it right now sorry to cut you off but like those things that we're sitting on the couch like what could i be doing we're i think right now this is it i think we're doing it i think by creating content and having these conversations and sharing that with people hopefully is us doing those things that we wanted to be doing hell yeah bro and i want to give you the opportunity to share where people can connect with you um and share anything else that you want like the floor is yours cool i appreciate that uh, i think as cliche as it sounds like my instagram is the place where i'm sharing the most it's almost like my personal blog and i'll, I'll keep that updated on a daily basis um so that's at n-o-h-l-s-e-n Hopefully people enjoy the content on there. YouTube is just Noah Olson working on content with our buddy Julian on YouTube. 
who knows, maybe this is the catalyst for me to start my own podcast. If you guys think that's a good idea, could they like comment on the episode somewhere and uh, share their thoughts on that? Well, you, I think, I think what you should do, I actually have a great idea. Um, I think you should do an Instagram poll on your story. Mm, yeah, we'll get a pic of you and the mic and like, yo, should I start my own show? Yeah. And gotcha. I think, I think you're going to get a lot of positive cool response. response. Yeah. Yeah, That's, bro. Sounds awesome. We'll see. Hell yeah, man. I'm so pumped. And guys, you already know what time it is. It's time to get off your ass and stand up to sitting. <laughs> Love that. <laughs>